there guys, welcome to Grupo Senzala's podcast, I'm your host, Mestre Pedro, and this is our episode number 34. On today's episode, I'll be giving continuity on the series about capoeira in China, and I'll be interviewing Instructor Jamaica. He's from Grupo Capoeira Brazil, under Mestre Chumbinho, who I also hosted here before in the podcast, and has been living in China for 20 years. He's a famous actor there. Uh, he's fluent in both Mandarin and Cantonese, and uh, we get to talk about, you know, capoeira in the movies, capoeira in the UFC, how capoeira has been growing in China, you know, how it is to be living in China as a foreigner, you know, and uh, how does that compare to in the U.S. So it's a good insight to the life in China and how capoeira is there. I hope you guys enjoy it, and uh, let me know your thoughts in the comments. Don't forget to share with your friends and subscribe. Enjoy it. Asha. Hi there, guys. Welcome to Grupo Senzalas Podcast. I'm Mestre Pedro. And today I'm going to be interviewing a friend of mine, someone I also met through Capoeira, but in the most, you know, unlikely place. I'll never... Never thought I would meet a, a, an American guy in in in, in China, and uh, he's also like a he's a movie star. He in China he he's one of the one of the best China, uh, Mandarin speaking actors, and uh, he goes by the name of Jamaica. Uh, his name is Michael Turner. How's it going, man? Good, good. How you doing? I am good. I'm good. Given the circumstances here, we uh, never know when we're gonna go again to a, a short lockdown. They're talking about a two-week lockdown, but apart from that, everything is, oh, wow. is going fine. How is in? How is where where you are? In China, uh, they're still cautious. Everybody still wears masks and everything. Uh, but for the most part, everything's running. So, you know, the subway, the, the streets, the businesses are open. Um, in Hong Kong, there's a little bit of uh, restrictions on like how many people. Like uh, Mestre Chumbino, uh, I think he can only have maybe four to six people per class. <laughs> okay, yeah. Because they have to separate it. Yeah. Yeah, but they, they, they let people, they kept people out as well, right? No Chinese were out for quite a while from China, from being able to come back. Uh, for a while, but now they can't. So now, um, but you, the big problem is quarantine. So, yeah, for example, uh, uh, Mr. Chumbino would come over maybe like uh, for two or three days. But in order to come for two or three days he'd have to quarantine for one month. <laughs> that's, he's in he'd Hong come Kong, for two. Right? Yeah, he'd come here, quarantine for two weeks. Then he would maybe uh, have class for like one or two days. Then he goes back to Hong Kong and has to quarantine for another two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, he, he hasn't come yet. He hasn't come yet. We're waiting. That's cool. But uh, so you you started capoeira. Where did you learn capoeira first? Did you back in the U.S.? 
actually, I started Capoeira uh, here in China. I've been here for about 20 years now. So, you know, uh, I knew about Capoeira in the U.S., but I never found a teacher or uh, I didn't get a chance. And I wanted to... Um, I wanted to study and train, but uh, like I said, I couldn't find a teacher. Uh, I come from New York, but uh, I was raised in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, originally, actually, originally, uh, the Capoeira group I found here was Ashe. Ashe Capoeira. That's Eddie Murphy. Yeah, Eddie Murphy. Is that in Macau? Uh, well, I was in Guangzhou, and he was teaching classes here in, uh, yeah, in Guangzhou. Uh, but we just never met up or whatever. So for those who don't know, Eddie Murphy, I would say, is one of the pioneers of, uh, of Capoeira as well, no? Uh, yeah, for China. I know he had a, a group pretty early. He's mostly in Macau. I think he has some students in, um, in uh, Hong Kong and... He has in Dongguan, in mainland, in mainland China. Yeah, and so... And, and the, how does uh, an Atlanta guy goes ends up in, in, in China 20 years ago? How, how did that come about? Oh, so... <laughs> so actually, uh, so in the U.S., I was a programmer. I was a programmer for CNN and then later a, a private company. Uh, but I always wanted to do, I, I love acting and uh, I actually love Chinese movies. Like, uh, have you heard of, uh, have you heard of Departed? Martin Scorsese's Departed? Yeah. Yeah, well, there's a, that's actually based off of a Hong Kong film. Yeah, many of them are, right? Yeah. Like, uh... yeah. Yeah, so I fell in love well, with right? those types of movies. Yeah, and so I was like, you know, I'd I'd like to, I'd actually want to be a part of that. <laughs> so I had some time uh, between my contracts with uh, programming, and uh, it was sort of like a gamble. You know, I was like, at that time, I heard that China was like a super uh, conservative, hardcore communist country, you know. You know, I heard that in the clubs, girls are on one side, guys are on one side. <laughs> so much I heard that, yeah, no cereal, no Cheerios, no, uh, you know, all these American things that I was thinking. But um, when I was working at CNN, I worked for CNN Japan. So I actually had been to Japan before. Uh, we, uh, they, they were connected with a newspaper called Asahi, Asahi Shimbun. And, uh, and so I saw what it was like over there and I thought it wasn't too bad. I had a friend here in, in Guangzhou, China. And then I was like, uh, hmm, you know, let me, let me visit. Let me see if it's bad. I'll just cut out, go back to the U S continue being a programmer. If it's good. Then I'll stay, I'll learn Chinese, and I'll really try to, you know, try to go all the way, basically. And, and the, so, uh, you... so from there, originally foreigners couldn't be in movies, actually.
Oh, they can, but super small roles. Uh, you couldn't be on live TV. You know, there's a lot of restrictions. Um, but now, slowly things opened up more and more. And you were always in the same area, like in, uh, near the south of China? Uh, yeah, this has always been my base. I've traveled around because of, because of uh, performances and things like that. Uh, so I've been all over the country. But uh, I like the weather here. It's it's yeah, a lot it's, like uh, like Atlanta. <laughs> that's that's uh, very interesting. And now you are fluent in 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 Mandarin, right? And you speak as well Cantonese. Uh, yeah, so I speak I speak Mandarin and Cantonese. Or I act I act in Mandarin and Cantonese. Uh, all the all the scripts, wow. all the uh, the interviews, all the. Um, all the improvisation, all in Mandarin and Cantonese. And uh, twice, maybe three times, I've actually been in Mandarin and Cantonese operas. Mandarin and Cantonese what? Repeat that. Operas. So like the child, oh. like the, ah, you know. <laughs> Where you got like the full headdress and, uh, oh, and, and everything. Oh, man, you got to give us some footage of that. That would be something to... And, and, yeah, I'll see if I can, uh, I'll fight to. Yeah, that would be cool. And and uh, like in those 20 years, it has changed a lot around where you've been, no? The city and China. Oh, son. Yeah. Before they um they on the subway they had maybe like um they only had two lines. Now there's 21 lines. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Right. <laughs> so it's like uh, um. It took forever to get around everywhere. You know, maybe not a lot of buses. Very few foreigners. Uh, there's actually a good amount of Brazilians because of the factories. Wow. Yeah, so the yeah shoemakers and uh, clothings, you know, they'd export to Brazil. Uh, I think they import, you know, other things, coffee and, you know, other things like that. Yeah. And how was uh, the, yeah, the and then, um, so like Go on, go on, sorry. It's just a delay. Ah, no. So, just, uh, yeah, it is a, it's a big delay, but, uh, we'll work it out. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just, go ahead, go ahead. It's, it's cutting out and there's a little bit of a delay, but, uh, apart from that, it's, it's, it's looking good. Um, I wanted to ask, so you, you started, in the area training capoeira and uh has capoeira always been something for the expat community in china or is it becoming more how was this process of of you learning capoeira and then start teaching capoeira how was how do you feel the reception of the the chinese public so uh when i was when i when i finally found capoeira uh, I wasn't able to connect with uh, with uh, Eddie, Mr. Eddie Murphy with Ashe Capoeira. I found Shubino with Capoeira Brazil in Hong Kong. That's three hours away from me by <laughs> by train. So uh, basically, uh, like a lot of you know beginning capoeiristas who really love it, I had to travel three hours to class. Uh, I could only go like once a week because it was also expensive. You know, it was like the equivalent of maybe like. Uh, 
a fifth of my income, wow. <laughs> you know, as well as like, uh, you know, at the, when I first start, of course, as an actor, it's not, you're not making a lot of, yeah. a lot of money in the beginning, you know, I'm doing, doing pretty good now, but, uh, in the beginning it was hard, but I really loved Capoeira and I was happy that I found a teacher. So, um, every week or as much as I could, roughly every week, I would travel to Hong Kong, um, catch a class at seven o'clock. Uh, the last bus from Hong Kong to Guangzhou was like 9.30. So right at the end of class, I had to like... <laughs> Rush. I had to run. Yeah, just to get on the bus. Because if I didn't, uh, it would be way more expensive. Uh, like London, Hong Kong yeah. is one of the most expensive cities <laughs> in the world. Yeah, yeah. You know, so to get trapped an extra day was like a, a big deal. Uh, but uh, from there, I was able to, you know, start picking it up. I talked to to Mr. Shumbina. I was like, "Hey, um, you know, I'm I'm a beginner at this time. I'm just a yellow cord, but I'm like, hey, I want to train more. You know, if you want, I can help you. I can help you in my city. You know, maybe build something. Uh, help help train, not train, but you know, help maintain the class or whatever. Because of course, I'm not. I I wasn't a high enough level to teach or anything. Yeah. But uh, at least I can maintain a group a little bit." Um, and so he's like, okay. So originally the plan of course was he come over once a month, but you know, he has a family and things like that. Yeah. So that couldn't always happen. Yeah. But, uh, fortunately, you know, with determination and keeping it going, I uh, just kept going and, and now it's been about 10 years, you know, later on, of course we have a, a, a bigger group now. Uh, I helped him whenever I could, I help him, uh, I would just be in his class in, uh, in Hong Kong, you know, just to help with some of the you know, Ashe, you know, some of the energy of the, of the group, you know, um, and start from there. My purpose has mainly been to, to help bring like this, the love of capoeira to the Chinese community. Cause they have like no idea <laughs> what this is, you know, foreigners, foreigners, there are, there is an expat community and, uh, uh, but most foreigners have heard of it or have seen it on something. Yeah. But at that time, when I was doing it, nobody in China had ever heard of Capoeira. Heard of Capoeira. Um, yeah. Some people have heard of uh, Eddie Murphy, as in, I mean, not Eddie Murphy, uh, Eddie Gordo. <laughs> yes. Tekken, yes, yeah, because yeah. yeah, but those are only the people that play video games, you know, which was, yeah. which was only a couple. And then the other one would be uh, really big would be Latif Crowder in um, uh, what's it the uh, Ongbak. Where they have the capoeira yeah, scene where it's recent, the fire right? and like, the water. That's that's more recent, right? That's like two thousand and something, right? Yeah, and 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 usually that's just maybe guys that are into action movies, you know. So it's just yeah. a really small crowd. Because I guess so. I guess the 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 earlier, you know, only the strong kind of film never really reached China as it did the rest of the no. world. Right? And actually, I was laughing because I was just thinking about it. I was like, you know what? You know, for my for my students here, I'm like, no. For you to be a true capoeirista, you have to see only the strong. Because <laughs> for nobody, because, you know, if, if everybody's going to mention it, you know, everybody mentions it. They're like, you know, even like a joke, you know, if everybody mentions it or whatever, I was like, you're not going to know. So I was like, you know, they, they're like, what? There's a capoeira movie? You know. Uh, but the, right now, there's what, like, Bizoro and uh, Only the Strong for Capoeira yeah. movies. 
Yeah, only the strong. Uh, and the, the other really big thing is that China, China has like yeah. maybe like uh, two to three thousand years of kung fu, <laughs> you know. So uh, to teach yeah. another martial art to Chinese people, you know, it's sort of like a a weird thing to do, <laughs> you know, because it's like, hey, we have our super old original martial art, and they have. Like Kung Fu, when you say Kung Fu, there are a ton of different styles. You know, there's uh, yeah, there's like I'm a sure. long, there's South, there's North, there's foot based, there's grapple based. You know, there's China, uh, yeah. Yong Chun, um, uh, Ba Ba Zhang. Um, and so when you teach in Capoeira, they're like, yeah, that's Kung Fu. <laughs> I'm like, uh, sorta yes, but no. You know. Yeah, man, like people, like China is, is a civilization state, right? Like 5,000 years of history. And I am, I am very, very interested. I actually, I found there is this 18 hour lecture of the guy talking about the whole, you know, from, from the first emperor to Mao, you know, and uh, it's fascinating to, to understand. Oh, wow. You know, like I started, I started, I'm on the first hour or so, but uh, it's a, it's a fascinating history and on the culture, uh, uh, spectrum, I think is the one that is furthest away from Brazil as well. That is so, is so different, but, um, so you, you've been teaching Capoeira It's now it's, it's mostly expat community or do you have a few Chinese because there are different groups right now in China as well, and they also uh, have different ratio of expats and 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 uh, and Chinese, right? Foreigners, yeah. So yeah, so obviously you know the Senzala. Uh, so uh, and then I'm I'm uh, with a uh, Capoeira Brazil here. There's also uh, Menjinga, uh, Ace Ace. I think they have uh, another group. I'm not sure where, I think it's Dalian or something like that. Uh, and then there's one uh, independent, I think he's a uh, Mestre Pontero or something like that. But uh, he's, a, he's a different group. And then there's one other group, which uh, I'm not sure yeah. the name, but uh, mostly, uh, actually now it used to be mostly expats, but uh, uh, for a lot of the groups, but now there are a lot of Chinese. There's a lot more Chinese. And my group has usually mainly been Chinese, uh, mostly, cool. mostly, uh, uh, Chinese students are no, I'd say mostly half and half. So late, late, mostly it's been half and half. Um, the expat community sometimes, you know, uh, like you said, it's it's changed over a long time. So in the beginning, it was just sort of like English teachers. <laughs> yeah. It was either English teachers or traders. At least in Guangzhou, in Guangzhou, it's usually e either English teachers or some type of uh, traders. And for the most part, they weren't, they weren't into like, you know, uh, training some type of activity or another problem would be like, you know, you're, I'm in China. Why would I study a Brazilian martial art? <laughs> you know, this, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. you know, it's like, what, why would I go to China to study, uh, uh, another art? But then later, of course, people heard about it. You know, uh, uh capoeira has been growing in the world in general. Yeah, and, uh, a lot of people have been like, wow, they've always wanted to learn capoeira. And uh, they were surprised that they could find it here in China, you know. And then also, I think they see it as a way because 
because of the how different the Chinese community can be with uh, with other cultures. Uh, some people see it as a rest because the community of Capoeira is so so easy to get into, so strong and welcoming. You know, it's like you know, it's easy to meet friends. Uh, if you're a Capoeirista here, then you're a Capoeirista yeah. anywhere. You know, you go to another city, yeah. another state, another country. You know, people will be like, yeah, welcome. You know, you play, you know, you know, after they, they test you a little bit, you know, yeah. of course, you know, make sure you really are. <laughs> but once they find out you're okay, then uh, you're okay. Uh, so, yeah, That's yeah. Cool. But now but... another thing, too, because of the pandemic recently, uh, a lot of the a lot of the uh, expat community has gone back to their country or is stuck in their country. You know, like they can't, yeah, like come they have more. jobs and lives here, yeah. but yeah, yeah. So Mo, you know, stuck in, uh, uh, instruct them off, right. For Senzala yeah. here in Guangzhou, uh, stuck in the UK, you know, how was it? Did you guys no, meet was, up and everything? Was actually or? in Glasgow, man. But, uh, but, uh, so I, I didn't really meet cause Glasgow is about 350 miles is in Scotland. Northern on the wall. Oh wow! Yeah. But but uh, yeah. <laughs> no, there was there is a wall in the north of England. You know, it used to separate the Scots, just like the Chinese did with the with the Mongols. <laughs> the Mongols, right? Yeah. But but uh, I wanted to ask. So now you are you 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 kind of mainstream kind of actor, and you've been. In a few movies, how is the 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 Chinese you know filmmakers uh, open to like because capoeira has been used in a few movies, right? Like you can see some Hollywood moves, and you can see there was some mentions of capoeira here and there, and uh, you obviously I assume you do also martial arts kind of films, and are they very open to some ideas of capoeira or do you only have to follow a, a strict routine or what the fight is going to be? Does, do you have a space for your own input and how is the reception? So that was, how that, aside from helping to, to bring capoeira uh, here to China, uh, I also wanted, did want to work on capoeira in movies because uh, usually in the movies, we're the guys that get beat up. Which I always hate it. <laughs> I'm like, yo, why? You know, why? You know, Capoeira is awesome, epic. And it's always, you know, some guy comes, he does some backflips, you know, some wataos, or, you know, he throws out a couple quisadas, a melu, compasso, and then, bah, knocked you out. know, that's it. Yeah, you know, you're like, what? Of course, with uh, uh, Undisputed, Undisputed, you know, brought some good love back. But in general, so the problem is, and I think it's also in Hollywood sometimes, because I also worked with uh, a couple of, uh, uh, there was a production here that actually used the stunt team from um, from Marvel, from a, a couple of Marvel movies. So it's actually the stuntmen from, uh, from Black Panther, from uh, Captain America, Iron Man, all these stuntmen were here and we were all on the same movie. You know, so I, I was, uh, of course, I do some action, but I also speak uh, Mandarin and Cantonese. So I was helping them translate things like that. And even they said the Black Panther guy actually knew some capoeira. He knew enough to, to look good. 
And he said, uh, and actually, the, there was two actors for one of the Black Panther movies that he was in. He was in The Winter Soldier. Yes. Uh, and he said that they they had a lot of capoeira in it, but the editor cut it out. Cut it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, he's like, he put it in because he wanted to show some respect because what, Black Panther? Yeah. African, African martial art, you know, capoeira, Afro-Brazilian. Um, but he said because of the pacing. So the problem... Uh, I think in the film industry with this is, and the same in China, was that the action directors don't know how to interact with capoeiristas. You know, they don't understand our moves. Um, they don't know why all our moves are like, you know, circular around. Yeah. A lot of the Taekwondo kicks look faster on camera, yeah. you know, uh, where actually capoeira kicks are about power. You know, of course, we were about speed. Yeah. But the specialty of capoeira kicks is that they're powerful, yeah. but they don't look yeah. <laughs> powerful until you get hit. It, it, it's it's also like knowing the movement enough, and and because what I think is the biggest challenge is actually to transform the power, the speed into the camera, you know, in a way that the guy can understand what actually happened. And 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 I think it, it starts from how you shoot the scene and. So you, you yeah. do need like uh, some some capoeira insight on on the whole setup of the scene. I would I would I would imagine, and uh, yeah. And most it's... most of the action directors have a background in like uh, wushu, which is like performance kung fu. You know, a lot of them are like if you've seen like the old kung fu movies where they're like you know with the swords and things, and so they don't. They don't really get like the flow of it. So there have been movies like I was in a movie with uh, with uh, with Mike Tyson and Steven Seagal. You, you know, were in the uh, movie with them. Uh, and so, yeah, with Mike Tyson and Steven Seagal. Uh, but I, I was a small yeah. role. But I, I've, that's why I did it because you know it was, it was Mike Tyson and Steven Seagal. Uh, and this was when I I don't do as much action now. I do action, but uh, at that time I was doing it as an action, like actor like a, a stunt character yeah. man or somebody who could do action but now i do more dramatic roles because of my at that time my mandarin level wasn't that good or as good uh to do full movies but now i focus more on dramatic stuff uh but the cool thing about chinese movies that dramatic and stunts mix you know if you think of like uh most chinese stars that are male and big they have done some type of martial arts movie but uh anyway the director in that he was uh he was a second action director for Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon right so he was a he was a pretty big deal and uh he'd like you know we're meeting and he's like well show me what you could do you know and I did you know I did a bunch of like Mayo Luda Capasso the Sapo de Guro you know Matelo de Sao a Macaco whatever and he's like ah just do a normal kick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was just like, uh, just, he's like, just, just do like a taekwondo. Yeah, yeah. I could tell he liked it. He liked it, but he didn't know what to do with it. You yeah. know, because of course, you know, it, it's a, he, he liked it because he was smiling and he was like, wow, okay, I get it. But he wasn't really like sure, like where to put these moves, yeah. how to make uh, Mike Tyson or Steven Seagal dodge or something like that yeah uh so you know i couldn't blame him for it yeah 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 of course and and uh how is the 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 fighting scene in in china uh, you have a student who have done some 
some MMA. Is it big, the UFC in China? How is this whole? Because that's another, another source of people finding out about capoeira. You know, like a lot of martial artists have been using Yeah, capoeira. for sure. Especially because... Uh... Yeah, especially because, uh, especially I say capoeira with the, with the USC highlights, you know, it's one of the things I show students when they're like, ah, you can't fight with capoeira, right? And I'm like, ah, you know, maybe check out some of, <laughs> some of these other things. UFC is big here. So, uh, aside from, uh, of course, UFC is the most official and the biggest, but UFC kickboxing, you'd be surprised. There's Chinese girls that are deeply into kickboxing, <laughs> you know. Uh, it's sort of surprising. Also, China's very close to Thailand. So, uh, and Thai, Thai teachers learn Chinese uh, fairly. I don't know if easily, but most of the Thai teachers I know speak some Chinese, you know, if not broken. Um, and so it's pretty big, especially Muay Thai. What's also big now is uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So BJJ is is massive here, you know. Uh, it's, I would say it's, it's um it's well known and popular but people are still coming into it but uh they do very much respect uh bjj uh because in chinese uh so in chinese capoeira is, is in mandarin is uh ba xi zhan wu, right ba xi zhan wu. ba xi means brazil brazil right ba xi means brazil zhan wu zhan is war wu is dance wow. right so it's war brazilian dance. war wow. dance That's right it. now uh for bjj bjj is basi ro shu basi ro shu now basi of course that's brazil ro shu jiu jitsu right so the problem with that is it sounds almost the same in chinese you know basi jiang wu basi ro shu right so some people would come to my my class oh, and they're like, yeah, you know, I want to learn to take down the. <laughs> I was like, ah, but I I train I train I I train BJJ right. So I and I know some of the a lot. There's a couple of uh uh, uh teachers here. Uh, I train some and also Mr. Peche, Mr. Mr. Peche, he trains BJJ in Australia, yeah. you know. So um so I know, but I don't teach it. So yeah, I have to tell them. I'm like, no. Uh, this, this is a little different, uh, or it's it's a lot different, you know. Uh, yeah, they're connected, but you know, it's uh it's slightly different. But because of those two, and then uh, some of the videos, Capoeira has gotten a lot of respect. So uh, yeah. from the the combination of the movies, the that those Meluja Capasso knockouts yeah. on uh, on the videos, you know, people have seen yeah, it. Uh, recently, there's been some other guys have been trying to move, and then that mixed with the respect for BJJ, yeah, yeah the respect for BJJ uh, has made it so that there's a very from martial artist, you know, Chinese martial arts, five thousand years of history and X number of years of Chinese martial arts, um, they respect uh, that these are arts that you can use to fight. Uh, and so uh, lot, some, some of my students, one of my students specifically wants to fight uh, possibly in like some type of MMA thing. He's Chinese. And uh, he's like, you know, when I saw Makako and all that, he's like, okay, okay. But he wants to just get really good at like the, the round kicks, the Matelo and Ben yeah. Zhao and, and, and things like that. You know, he's not trying to, uh, you know, he's trying to figure out. 
how to how to use it in different different aspects. Um, but yeah, most people they have Chinese MMA fighters. Uh, was it uh, Zhang Weili? Zhang Weili, the the girl that oh, yeah, defeated yeah, yeah, yeah. the. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. She especially when she won, people who knew nothing about MMA yeah. know everything about it now just because of her. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, but it's it's uh, it's curious is that the guys who who gave the biggest boost on UFC, yeah. Of course, we have Bahonzin who did a few fights and you know strict taking the banner of of Capoeira, but uh, on the UFC. I, I, I used to watch uh, Silva, you know, like uh, the spider, and and he knocks out uh, he knocks yeah, out yeah, a, yeah. A, a Brazilian guy with a ponteira, and he did capoeira, and in the interviews he goes and he thanks uh, the actor that you mentioned that you worked with, uh, what's his name? Steven oh, Steven Seagal. Seagal. Like, yeah, like, I think he's. I said, yeah. come on, man, like you, you know. You could have mentioned Capoeira, but oh, in the meantime, uh, the Irish, you know, uh, McGregor. Oh, uh, Conor McGregor. He yeah. was the biggest, you know, really the biggest uh, uh, sponsor of Capoeira because he went to Conor, you know, the talk show in the US, and he kicked me a He talked about Capoeira. Mm. He showed. He kicked me a over yeah. Conor's head. You know, Even had the the jinga right and everything. Yeah, so he and he used the uh, the Israeli guy. I forget his name now. Ido uh, Ido Portal. Uh, Ido Portal. Training. Yeah. Yeah. So I I found curious that the non Brazilians were the one taking you know like and saying look Capoeira really helped me on distance on timing, you know and and the uh, and yeah. the Brazilian themselves. And it's a shame. Another. Another aspect of capoeira that's come up, because you know now, uh, not super popular, but is becoming very popular, is uh, in general functional training, you know, uh, which is also sort of a, where Ido Portal, that group that came out. And now there's a lot of people that are doing, like, there's a lot of people that are into, uh, lately they call it animal flow. You know, I believe it came out of Ido Portal, but Ido Portal is a capoeirista, yeah. you know, I think he's like 20 years or you know 20 plus years but uh so there's a lot of chinese groups now that are into movement culture you know and so some of my newest students or people who have come to my class um are coming because they found out about capoeira because they did animal flow and then they found out that a lot of these motions come from a, an art that's called capoeira and then yeah. they want to know well, okay well what's what's capoeira also because of that Recently, uh, some independent groups have started up in China. So these are people who, who've only found videos uh, and they, they're looking online. They're like, they're, they don't have a, a, a teacher or anything because nobody lives next to them. So they're just looking at what they can find and then they're training uh, by themselves, you know. Uh, and then they have like a group. They're basically building their own groups together, you know. And so some of them That's have reached out to me or, or connected some I've heard about, uh, and, um, and so I want to, I want to start helping to promote travel a little bit more. Maybe if I need to just, you know, uh, fortunately in China, it's very easy to travel. Like you could be, you know, you could be like maybe two provinces away, <laughs> like at the drop of a hat, just off a of second thought. It's easy to buy a ticket, get on the train, 
go there and come back. You know, it's very simple. Or the or the um or flight. So I, I, this year or the upcoming year after the pandemic <laughs> cools down yeah. even more, uh, I'll travel more. Uh, my next thing is is to build capoeira in in Beijing because Beijing's the capital of China. Of course, everybody knows, but it's also the capital of where cultures develop because all the all the organization comes out of Beijing. So whatever happens in Beijing, happens. other provinces respect. Yeah, yeah, it'll eventually happen someplace else. Whereas Guangzhou, while it's a big city, it's not one of the biggest. I'd say it's about maybe number three or number four as far as like um, activity, I could say. It's large. It's a ton of people. Um, but Beijing, if it develops in Beijing, I feel like it'll spread everywhere. You know, speaking capoeira. Over there, they have Menjinga. They have Menjinga capoeira. But uh, uh, I want to bring, uh, you know, because I go... Beijing is also Hollywood. <laughs> it's also yeah. the Chinese Hollywood. So all the film studios, all the directors, all the all the uh, actors and everything, they all come out of, most come out of Beijing, either Beijing or Shanghai, but mainly Beijing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, I think really now is a very good time for Kapoor in China. You know, like I said, when I first came, nobody knew, nobody cared either. <laughs> you know, uh, they like it when they find it. Once you teach them the songs and things like that, they, they love it, but most people yeah. don't know what it is. You know, uh, even, even like, I don't know if you've seen like the Guangchangwu. Have you heard of that? Guang, Guangchangwu. No. It's where like the old people are in the street and the oh. old ladies are like, like dance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it it means like it means like a shopping mall plaza dance. Uh, it's like because they do it, you know, near these malls. Um, yeah. But even them, you know, as an older crowd, when they saw us training capoeira in the park, uh, they get to, in yeah. the beginning, when I didn't have money for a, I didn't have a money for a classroom. You know, we just trained in the in the park, and uh, yeah, no, they would. They were definitely, they were receptive, you know, and they were yeah. very welcoming of it. I did a session at... Um, uh, and now... Sorry. Uh, uh, I was saying oh, that... Go ahead, go ahead. That I did a session at Moe's uh, Block of Flats, you know, in the playground area. We did a training there with the students, and a few kids were looking, some moms were interested, and like, there is, I, I find uh, uh, that there is a, a, a huge interest on, on, on the Chinese part, on what the foreigners are doing kind of thing. And they, they seem, when I was there, they seem very, you know, the kids were trying, the parents watching, and it's a very fascinating uh, moment. Yeah, so I was about to say, our kids' class is, 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 that, is definitely bigger than our adults' class now. And so we have uh, maybe... Um, I can't give an exact, but we have 30 plus kids that are really like into it. And wow, uh, the amazing. parents, as they, the parents, ref and they're learning Portuguese. So we're teaching them, uh, we teach them uh, Portuguese. They, they know simple, like obrigado and, you know, uh, yeah. tudo bem and, you know, stuff yeah. like this, caiu and, you know, falling <laughs> down, things like that. <laughs> uh, and they know the names of the moves. And they're like three or four. And the parents love it because they love that their kids are learning a, a, another language. They love that, yeah, they love that they're learning music because there's just so many beautiful aspects of capoeira. You know, the music, the yeah. dance, uh, the fact that everybody has to help to bring the, the instruments out or the, the pads or whatever, put everything away, uh, the friendship. And um, basically, if when parents come, Chinese parents come, they 
almost instantly love it. They're not even totally sure what it is. And they like <laughs> you know, the they vibe. do. They instantly love it because we, yeah, they like the vibe. They like what's happening. Of course, there's um, um, uh, they do find out later on because we 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 have video and things like that, so they understand. Uh, but now nah, they they love it. So what I'm saying is pretty sure, you know, within like five to ten years, wow, you're gonna have a lot of you're gonna have Chinese caporises that have been training since they were like four. Yeah, I'm <laughs> you sure. know, uh, you know, they've been training. Yeah, yeah, music and uh, and uh, things like that. Shanghai is the other big one, so they have a lot of uh, Nanjing and Capoeira. They, I think, they're about the biggest group, I would say, here in China, uh, and they've been doing well too. Shanghai would be where there is most Capoeira, you would say, right now in China. No, well, Nanjing and Capoeira has the has the biggest group. Uh close. We're coming close, <laughs> but but Nanjing and Capoeira, because uh, they because. A cool th the cool thing about Menjinga Capoeira is that uh, their their teachers and high-level instructors supported early, right? So they came, you know, they did classes. Also, Shanghai, uh, foreigners feel very comfortable in Shanghai. <laughs> so it was a lot easier to for people to get used to it, whereas maybe some of the other provinces, it's it could be a culture yeah. shock. You know, uh, <laughs> you know how different the Chinese yeah, culture is. Yeah, this is what I wanted to 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 approach now before we we wrap up. Is how was for you? How was this you know adaptation process? You know, because I'm also I'm 20 years here in the UK now this year, and you are about the same in in China, and I can only imagine what Guangzhou looked like 20 years ago. And how was that, you know, for you as a, as not just a foreigner, but like I would I would say, uh, uh, how can you make a parallel between uh, uh, being a black man in in Atlanta and then being in China? I mean, your fears before you move into China and and afterwards, how 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 did that go? So. Yeah, good question. Um, <laughs> I use it because I'm still I'm still yeah. doing it. So sometimes I, I don't think about it. You know, I haven't I haven't yeah. gone back. Uh, but I have recently with you know things in in the U.S. Black Lives yeah. Matter, uh, and then a while back there was a there's a big thing with uh, Chinese uh, kicking out Afri kicking Africans out of of places, especially here in Guangzhou. Uh, the mix with fears. Fears with the pandemic have heightened that because, you know, now, before China was the, the the most dangerous place for the pandemic, you know, I stayed because my lady here is is Chinese, you know, plus the, the school, everything, everything's here. Uh, and so I was like, hey, you know, at that time when the pandemic hit, you know, I didn't know. I was like, you know, I don't want to die. Yeah. Here. <laughs> People are really but, you know, what can you do? Right? Yeah, yeah. What can you do? You, you know, I, I didn't even go outside for a minute. But now it's the safest, you know, it's the safest in the world, you know, it's like so. So what happened was now a lot of the Chinese started to be afraid of foreigners because they're like, maybe the foreigners are bringing it back from whatever country they're coming back from. That being said, they're still very welcoming. You know, they're just being like precautions and things like that, because uh, obviously I'm a foreigner and with these new parents. They're never like, oh, 
foreigner i can't i can't bring my kid here they're like yeah you know hey happy can you speak some english they're very welcoming very very excited and welcoming um so it's been a mix so yes there have been i would say uh there is uh a racism so there's racism in the u.s for sure <laughs> you know as a black man growing up yeah. uh, in the u.s uh and actually i was in i was in uh i was in a uh i was raised in the slums i was raised in the ghetto in, in atlanta uh in and out so there were some parts where sometimes when i was in a a, a better neighborhood towards the end but uh earlier when i was younger and money wasn't that good for my family we were in low-income housing and uh you know there's gunshots people died <laughs> you know i was trying to go to school things like that uh programming was my way out police you know? rough um and I could see, like, for my mom, it was hard for her to, like, get work with her natural hairstyle, things like that. You know, her as a black woman, the education she she would need to get into IBM. Um, over in China, I'd say it's not so much, it, it is racism, because uh, lately there there have been some bad aspects. But in generally, it's it's more of an ignorance of other cultures, including black cultures, you know. Uh, and before there, at a time there were, like, I would say at a, for a time, there was a time where if Chinese people wanted drugs, they would go to the African community. Right. Uh, and that's who were selling it. You know, as, as far as I knew, you know, especially for the trader, if they wanted something bad, they would go to the Nigerian, specifically Nigerian community. And uh, a lot of that has stayed, even though the uh, different aspects of it have changed, you know, as Africa gets better. You know, uh, uh, as there's more embassies, you know, I meet, I meet, you know, African people who are driving like super nice cars, you know, who have eloquent Chinese, you know, um, but of course there's uh, different stereotypes and things like that. So the main, the main thing, actually, a lot of the prejudice that I see, and it's because of maybe early interactions, it's mostly Chinese and Africans before, right? Uh, now a lot have, has changed, you know, uh, because of um, music, because of trade. You know, I don't, I don't know, but they said there's like 60 billion or something like that, that they're invested in Africa, you know, yeah. a little bit. <laughs> you know, a lot of people don't know what to make of it. Uh, but, you know, I see African students here who are in college uh, when there's no way that they could be like that in any other country. <laughs> you know, they couldn't afford it. Or, you know, they, they, they wouldn't be respected, things like that. It's a mixed bag, you know, because because of the ignorance, definitely you have some bad cases. Like you get on an elevator and they think you're going to smell bad, <laughs> you know, just because of, uh, yeah, because it's just how Afri African community, I think it's it's also Muslim things, but it's just a different, ask, different thoughts about how you should smell and things like yeah. that. And so they didn't like that, you know. Um, of course, before there was some... Africans who are escaping like extreme poverty, which I could totally understand. And so when they come here, they're not the most polished of people, yeah, <laughs> you know. You come out uh, from but a they're coming village to, somewhere to, and it's gonna have a, a different cultural things. But uh, uh, what about you personally? Like, like I don't know the police. How how would you compare the police in China and the police in the U.S.? Oh. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's it's totally different. So like here in the U.S., I was usually naturally, I think most most black men are 
if there's a cop, you feel nervous. You know, it feels... Uh, I think it's in Brazil, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, I could... Depending I can speak where, for Atlanta yes, for sure. or if there's if there's a cop, you're nervous because even if you're innocent, it doesn't mean you're going to get out the situation. You know, uh, it, it, you might and now, you know, not even then there's a chance you could lose your life in China. No way. <laughs> you know, he might be rude yeah. or something, you know, but there's no way there's no way he's going to. Uh, just come crazy, you know, because because it's a it's an international thing, you know. If he hurts this, because they they don't see, they yes they see it as a black guy, but they see me sort of as a black person first, but mostly they see me as an American. Uh, so it's an international yeah. thing, you know. And now with with the cooperation between China and Africa, they don't want to be yeah. uh, offending Africans, you know. Uh, so, yeah, no, when I talked to, like, as far as I would, if there was like that, like American racism, there's no way I would be in these movies. You know, they would be, it, the, there's, they wouldn't accept me. Um, you know, there is the thing of, of white faces where they're, where they want white faces, but I've seen that more for English education, <laughs> for education because of parents before. Oh, I see. And a lot of that, I feel like. Uh, as I think a lot of that came from, from from the movies, you know, speaking like that, movies and media, because for a while, <laughs> it was funny because they see me as a black guy, but then once I say I'm American, they're like, oh, Puff Daddy, LeBron James, LBJ, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> you know, but it's just how they they they, relate they associate, the place. you know, uh, yeah, Chinese yeah. girls. I mean, uh, Chinese girls or, 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 or mostly, I mean, guys, Chinese guys usually just like to be with Chinese girls. But as far as dating, uh, I don't date. I have a Chinese uh, wife uh, here. But as far as dating, yes, there is some like pause sometime, but I don't see it as totally closed off. Like, I feel like they, they'd still be receptive if the guy proves himself to be okay yeah. <laughs> you know like uh so it's more like i said it's more like i don't know i just know what i've seen on tv about foreigners you know and in general yeah. it's just chinese like for outside in brazil and in the u.s it's black white you know maybe latino or chinese you know there's all these separations in china yeah it's chinese and foreigner <laughs> you know they don't they don't care you know if you're not chinese then you're just the other people you know uh, and then they don't know how to interact with you. But um, if you speak the language, it changes. As far as like heavy huh? racism, that was the other part. Because I speak, I, not a, because I'm an actor and because I train it, I don't only speak it, I speak it well. And once they really, like once I speak, then they're really like, hey, let's do something together. <laughs> you know, do you want to eat? Do you want to come by my house? Yeah, not not only, they want to like, they, they take you in. Like my... So aside from capoeira, uh, I, I learned Wing Chun. So I studied Wing yeah. Chun for almost about the same amount of time that I've, I've studied capoeira. My Wing Chun teacher is Cantonese, which is why I speak <laughs> Cantonese, because he doesn't like to speak Mandarin. <laughs> it's another sort of cultural thing. But uh, yeah, I speak Mandarin and he's like, no, 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 no. You know, what are you doing? You know, speak Cantonese, you know, which is why I'm learning Portuguese. And actually, I'm going to start my Portuguese classes this this week. Uh, so I have a, a Brazilian teacher that thinks like that. 
but it's tough because I have like five, six languages that I'm I'm studying. But um, he cooked every day. Every time I went to class, he cooks. He cooks full dinner. We we eat at six, and then and then we train. <laughs> you know, and then all my all my Chinese brothers are 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 Chinese, you know, all of my Wing Chun brothers are, are Chinese, you know, and I've never had any guy be like, hey, I don't want to do nothing with him because he's, he's black yeah, yeah, yeah. because he's foreign or whatever. You know, they're like, hey, no, you, you do Wing Chun, you speak the language. I think a lot of the hesitation is because of, of anywhere is culture and language. Really language. Yeah, language is a big deal. big deal. We feel like maybe they don't want to interact with us, but what's more, usually... Usually the case is they feel really embarrassed about their English level and they don't want to sound stupid, <laughs> you know, and I feel that happens with messages too, you know, certain messages, which is why I want to learn Portuguese, you know, you, you're in London, you speak English, you know, yeah. but I've met some messages where they, they want to, they want to talk to you, but then, you know, they want to keep the, the, the status of a, of a respect of, yeah, but then how do you do that? And then my English is, you know broken up, you know? Uh, so because of that, I feel like for many capoeiristas, it's important that I learn Portuguese, you know? So how many languages because, you, you know, speak it's now? the language of... So I'd say officially, officially that I, I like, uh, that I say I officially speak and I'm like, yeah, I speak that. Uh, Mandarin, Cantonese, Mandarin and Cantonese, right? Uh, unofficially, where I'm, I feel like I'm conversational uh, and I can read. Uh, a decent amount, uh, Japanese, and actually some Russian. <laughs> and Portuguese is actually in there too. Uh, this is at the level. And then I have some uh, some other lower level languages, which uh, I read a lot, you know, but I don't speak as as often, which would be French, French and, French and Spanish, uh, as far as those. But uh, so officially the ones I feel strong, Mandarin and Cantonese, I actually speak uh, one other Chinese dialect, which is called uh, Teichu. Uh, I did a movie in it, <laughs> which is the, the third dialect. But um, uh, so I, I don't know. The the number changes a little bit, you know. That's yeah. Cool. So I think I think officially is is three, unofficially maybe like five to seven. Yeah. Cool. And and uh, anything cooking up on a pipeline in a new movie or what's the latest project? Yeah, so there's a big one. Actually, I have to go in a second. So after we finish this, uh, uh, I'm doing the audition tapes. Although I, I'm sort of uh, not guaranteed, but they definitely want me. But they they, they want to see which role because there's two major black roles in there. Uh, and so um, I'm like, I'm reviewing my lines because doing movies in Mandarin while my Mandarin is good, uh, I still got to spend a lot of work to... To make sure that my not only my pronunciation's right, but my my acting's right, you know, because it's it's like two layers you have to focus yeah. on. Uh, so yeah, so there's there's two big movies that are in the pipeline. Uh, for Capoeira, my biggest thing is Douyin, because you know TikTok is yeah. <laughs> is massive over here. Uh, so, but actually, more specifically, is Beijing. So I want to start the group. I want to get the group rolling in Beijing. Uh, online classes, everything's online now, so uh, I definitely want to, there's a big focus for Beijing and the kids' capoeira groups here. That's cool, man. Well, I'd like to thank you very much for the time 
you know, taking, I look forward to, to be in China again. I don't know when that will be, will be possible. Yeah, yeah. We were cooking up a plan to, to bring Master Tony and, and uh, that, you know, unfortunately couldn't, couldn't take, I mean, he was going to be around now. Well, oh, no, I met, I met Master Tony in LA. So he, he definitely be welcome. Once we have the, um, when we have the, so Batizado got canceled for the year, of course, you know, Batizado. Yeah. <laughs> Go well, on. I was planning but the next the, time we have our, our. Yeah. Yeah. Next time we have the, the Batizado. I think hopefully, because now next time we have Batizado, it'll be another year. We might have three Chinese cities coming to Guangzhou. To, so it should be a good amount of people where we might be able to, to handle having a, uh, uh, you know, giving Messi Tony a good welcome. Because uh, uh, a lot of they, all the Capuristas yeah, sure. here have heard his songs. They'd love to meet him. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. So thank you very much for your time. The best of luck on your audition now, and uh, and uh, till next time, man. Soon. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Be safe. All right, I share. So that was it, guys. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And just before you go, I wanted to mention the Capoeira Solidaria album that is raising money for the different social projects being done in Brazil with Capoeira. We've been mapping the different projects and supporting the projects regardless of group or style. And uh, every single CD that we sell, it's enough to feed a family of four for about 15 days. Uh, the album, you know, is not just a great cause behind this very nice album the music you listen in the background is part of the album and uh, yeah share with your friends let me know your thoughts if you have any suggestions about the podcast is always welcome and that's it i'll see you guys in the next episode valeu i share